Hello, and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian, queer, cisgendered woman, I have learned a lot on my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So each week, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners. So if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. I have no idea how to introduce my first guest, but I will say that this person is not only my best friend, but also my partner, both in life and in dancing and in crime of all kinds. <laughs> Without further ado, I introduce to you Rima Tharani. Hi, Priya. Hey, it's almost like we have no other time to chat, but on a podcast. Um, Yeah, except the 24-7 <laughs> uh, time that we spend together. Oh, yeah, that's just a caveat. It's fine. So my my goal of having you on the show is not only because I think you're hilarious and you bring out the best in both of us. I think also that this is a great way for our listeners to get a sense of what this podcast is going to be about and the kinds of things we'll be talking about and just an overall sense of who I am and who we are and kind of the lens that we're coming from with doing both this podcast and just things in life. Well, now that you finally convinced me to come on this podcast and after many, many, many days of trying, I finally felt jealous that you're recording everyone else except me. Um, yeah, it's been hard to schedule you into my very busy calendar. So I'm a very busy person. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to dive right in. We have questions that we want to ask each other just so all our listeners get to know both of us. And then we'll wrap up with some fun, weird interesting questions for each other. So obviously I'm starting first because <laughs> that's what I do in this relationship. Always. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, so, okay. I have a few questions. I'm going to just go into it. So I'm sure all your listeners will want to know, why did you go for Queering Daisy as a podcast? So Queering Daisy is kind of a culmination of a lot of introspection, I guess. I have spent many years in the activist communities, both in LA and in New York. I spent many years on the Salgo board, and I was lucky enough to make a lot of connections. And I think podcasts right now in the world we live in are thriving. And I think that part of it is you get an intimate glimpse at somebody. You hear the voice, you hear them talk about their stories. And because I have so many friends in the community, I just felt like this would be a great opportunity to have everyone on, you know, see a different side of them for myself, but also introduce them and their work to the audience. And having recorded a few episodes that hopefully the listeners will hear soon, I can say that it's a good mix of people, you know, it's it's comedians, it's artists, it's anyone and everyone who has kind of incorporated their identity into also fascinating things that they do in life. And I think that part of it, beyond the narratives of what is it like to just be an LGBT person in the South Asian community, and beyond coming out as kind of this common narrative, it's a great way to get to know them and their work and their personality, very frankly. I mean, that's fantastic. Like, because of you, I also started listening to podcasts and it just made me realize what a fantastic idea you have. Why did you think it was fantastic? Because you're not you're not a podcast listener. So what do you think our listeners can kind of look forward to as someone that maybe doesn't listen to podcasts very often or, you know, gets bored easily? Well, Priya, as you know, like before meeting you, I have come from a part of the world which doesn't show so much light on identities and sexualities. And after meeting you and after attending numerous, endless 
spoken word events, I somehow found interest in it, even though it was not my cup of tea. I can't help but think when you did come up with this idea that it was going to be the most groundbreaking thing ever for you. Well, that's great. And I hope that, you know, people get that out of this as well. I think my worry with this podcast is just making sure that people get a sense of not only the guests that are on the show, but also a sense of pride in, in our identities being just so multi-layered and so, so intimate, I think, as a glimpse of audio. Yeah, guys, she paid me to just give her compliments. I know. It's really weird that she's giving me compliments. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my second question, what's your secret to being so fabulous? I don't know what that means. You're going to have to clarify. We didn't talk about this before. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're asking. Uh, what do you mean by fabulous? So, uh, listeners, as you know, Priya does not really take compliments easily. They as... don't know that. They don't know me. Well, now you do. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Queering Daisy. Your host, Priya. Um, no, she's very, very talented in what she does, whether it's in her personal life or as a person. She has a lot of good qualities. I've never, ever seen a person like her. So I do want to know, what's well, your secret? That's really vague, all of the really great compliments that you gave me. Well, what is the secret to, to doing all that I do? Is that uh, what you mean? Yeah, I'd also like, how, okay, you know I'm always mind blown by your writing. When I read it, I, I literally give her my cover letters to Furbrish and she makes them into this amazing... <laughs> pieces and i'm like trust well, me it's not a talent given to just everyone well, does it matter because have you been hired <laughs> because of that i thing. actually have a job guys <laughs> um, no i i think this i think what you're probably getting at is just doing what i do and i think part of the growth of being a queer person and a south asian cis woman who dresses and portrays herself as masculine of center i think my growth has been now having the community that I have found that I'm hoping to give our listeners a glimpse into during the duration of this podcast, it makes me so much more comfortable with who I am. So I embody a lot of the lessons and a lot of the growth and a lot of the challenges that I've overcome in my life. And sometimes I get it wrong. You know, sometimes I overextend myself. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I can be dramatic. But I also am trying my best to kind of every day just find a way to pay it forward and I think I've been very lucky in a lot of ways that some of our community hasn't and some of ours has I want to celebrate those victories and those identities and you know on the good days that really fuels me on the on the bad days it can be harder but I, I do my best wow that's amazing which brings me to my next question actually oh you made God. it quite okay. easy for me to Almost change like lanes here mm -hmm. let's get a little serious I'm sure you're going to ask a lot of people these questions on your podcast. So I'm going to ask you first. Okay. How was your experience coming out? Well, I want to preface this by saying that our journeys are so much more than coming out. You know my coming out story and I'm, I'm happy to share it, but I'm also excited to talk about more than that. But um, coming out, I think, I think my actual act of coming out, first of all, it's not one act. I told my brother the moment that I kind of realized it for myself. And I was visiting him in New York before I lived here. And so I told him, you know, I have something to tell you. And he was super supportive and super on board. And he was so helpful in terms of just dealing with that initial kind of like, whoa, what's happening? My mom found out shortly thereafter. And it was tough for us, I think, to just talk about it. I wasn't ready to do that with her. So we kind of embarked on a journey uh, over the next couple of years of just navigating that and having that conversation. And then it took a while, but I... I finally moved to New York and I was interning with the Trevor Project and in the duration of my, my master's degree, I was doing some research 
in terms of LGBT youth. And I was reading all of these things, you know, focusing on mental health and suicidality, and I realized just how much that impacted that age group and that demographic. And I just was in this place where everything in my life was queer. <laughs> you know, my research at school, my work outside of school. And then I was flying to Daisy Q back in 2013, and I found out about Salga, and I was kind of in all of these South Asian queer spaces. And it was kind of like overwhelming to just talk to my parents and not tell them. So I decided on a whim that I would just tell my dad. And the way that I did it was just saying, I like girls romantically. And I look back on that and I laugh because we don't have the words. I think the biggest part about coming out as a South Asian person is how you find the words and describe things to your parents about sex and gender and things that we don't typically talk about. And in a lot of our languages, we don't have words for. So the act of coming out for me was, was kind of hilarious. And, and of course, my parents were great. They opened up a conversation after that when I said those words. And it was, it was a lot of like, how did you know? And what are people going to say? And what are we supposed to tell people? And a lot of the typical what you would expect questions. But I think my lesson out of that has been that it's never one act. You know, my family and I have embarked on a journey every day since then to kind of wrap around and rally around this identity and how it impacts both our South Asian-ness in our communities, but also within our family. I mean, it must have been very difficult. I'm, I'm actually very proud of you for every step that you have taken. And knowing your family, they have supported you a lot. And it's, it's not an easy thing when it comes from having someone of a queer identity in your family, especially in a traditional Indian family. So you always blow me away with that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that there's something to blow away, but I also am fascinated for you to tell our listeners about your coming out story. Oh, we'll get to that. But before that, I still have another <laughs> okay. question. Oh, it's still sorry. my turn. Okay. Excuse you. I was hoping to end this. Okay. Okay, it's the last one. All, All right. right. Yeah. I think I'm running out. What was the most embarrassing or shocking moment for you as a queer person? The most embarrassing or shocking moment? It could be like day-to-day -day life or something that was so absurd that you were like... <laughs> actually, you know about this. This is actually funny that this comes to mind. For people who don't know me, I dress masculine of center. I wear men's clothes and I have short hair. I'm, I'm very dykey. But I was at this party and it was predominantly gay men. And so we were dancing and having fun and you weren't there, which I blame you entirely for. Sure. <laughs> and, you know... I'm used to people coming up to me, talking to me for their friends, like in that context, because there's a lot of women or particularly South Asian women who kind of want to connect with someone who's really out. And I appreciate that. So I typically take the time to connect with people. There I just this, want to say this is her fault. <laughs> this, this gay guy came to me and, and introduced himself and told me about his friend who was kind of shy, but wanted to connect with me. And I made sure to mention that I had a partner. But he was very friendly and, you know, we danced and I went off with other friends and I kind of returned and we danced again. And he like made a move and he ended up kind of grinding up against me and then trying to kiss me. And I, it caught me off guard because after years of being out and being so, so, so lesbian, I, it was weird not only to have that physical thing happen, but also to me emotionally, it was jarring and discomforting because it was a safe space where I felt like it was okay to be who I am, which is really attracted to girls. And I felt like he violated that. And I, you know, 
it was kind of like bygones be bygones. I like said my goodbyes and I don't know his name and I don't like, I don't know anything about that, but it was just, it was a jarring moment for me as an out person to, to go through that and have a, you know, a man violate my space. Like I never thought that would happen as a lesbian. So that was hard and that was embarrassing. I think for me, yeah. In my defense, in my defense, I told you about this 30 seconds after it happened. Yeah, of course you did. I mean, it seemed like you were more scared than anything else. It was traumatic for me. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't pinpoint why. I mean, it's also, it was because all of like a sudden, it was very out of the blue. And yeah. that's more scary. That's yeah. more when you're not expecting it at all. Yeah, definitely. And I think even though I'm a cis woman, because I've dressed this way for so long, I haven't been subjected to a lot of the discrimination and, and sexism that a lot of women face. So yeah, it was jarring for me. Mm. Are you done with your questions now? Yeah, pretty much. I okay. might have more and I'll interrupt. Okay. Well, I only have a few for you. I think we've chatted about a lot of these, but just so our listeners know, what is your coming out story? Well, I'm bisexual and... I kind of realized really late in life. Define late for some people who might think <laughs> that they're they're late. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not that late. I'm like 28 right now. I came out four years ago. That was around 24. It was after I moved to New York. I was born in India and I was brought up in very many places. I've moved a lot of uh, countries. And before coming here, I was coming from Uganda. And I've grown up around heteronormative environment. And that's all I've seen. Even though I think I had few opportunities in like college or in high school, I never really looked into it or I never really tried to pursue it because there was always like, oh, that's just weird. But coming here, that changed my mentality a lot. After moving here, I met people, I met someone who showed me a different way. And it was weird because you usually expect them to make the first move. But I don't know what happened when I saw this person. It was just, I couldn't control myself and I just kept going on. And before I realized, I was gay. <laughs> and well, the coming out part basically is when I did tell my mom first. And in our family, we don't believe in long-winded conversations or deep emotional connections. Uh, let's remove the timeout beta to, you know, talk about your feelings. No, we don't have that. We're just... I think a lot of people don't have that, but... I, I, I guess I see people who do have that and, well, you guys are lucky. With me, with my family, we've always been stick to work and move on, you know? And when I did tell my mom about her, the first girl who I fell in love with, I made it very short and quick. It was just like, mom, I like this girl. I'm heartbroken. I wanted to marry her. And my mom's like, what? Are you crazy? I said to her that I know it's a little weird, but obviously I was not thinking about comforting her. I was thinking about comforting myself. And I guess at that point, I felt so much pressure myself that I didn't think about her perspective, which I grew to learn afterwards. But at that moment, the first thing she said to me, which I'll never forget, was, were you born like this or did U.S. change you? That's a valid question. I was I was born and raised here and I got the same question, so... Yeah, I guess it's it's confusing for our parents, right? They think that, like, did we drop her as a child and then she suddenly became gay? Like, is that part of the story? But surprisingly, I've been very lucky that I think since I live really far away from my parents, 
because I see them once in two, three years. Mm -hmm. So they miss me as much as whatever information they get out of me. So it's very hard for them to really hold anything against me because they know that they're not going to be even communicating with me. So I don't know if it's that or what it is, but my mom eventually, like within not that long, within like a few months, she took it in. I always gave her her life as an example of me being lesbian. Like, oh, I can get this benefit with a girl and I can get that benefit with a girl. What can you get? But with my dad, it was more like, yeah, I'm marrying a girl. And he's like, okay, don't tell anyone. Okay, fair enough. Why bisexual? I'm curious just as a label. I know you're not big on labels, but just for for people, you know, I, I identify as queer. And it was something new for my parents. I, actually, my most recent trip home, my, my dad asked again what it was. But why bisexual for you? And what makes what makes that label fit for you? Bisexual because I have dated men mostly throughout my life. I have been attracted to men physically. And very, very rarely is it emotionally. Also, I've been one of those kids growing up not getting too much attention from my parents so I've lashed out to fill voids which you realize at a way later age (laughs) not when you're doing it but having been with so many men I still know that yeah there's some physical qualities maybe it's the what I really like about men is their demeanor especially if it's a gentleman I'm hearing like more of like a gender role yeah like I feel that's what's attractive to me right where he opens the door for me and stuff and like that's what I've seen in movies and that's what I've grown up and it's very attractive like he's all clean and he's all like well put together packaged boy I am not well put together just so anyone knows she's more of a man than any other man I've known (laughs) but then being with females afterwards in life I realized that okay there there is a certain type of girl that I like which provides me that of what I'm attracted to a man, but provides me much, much, much more. I don't think I've ever been emotionally satisfied with any guy I've dated. But it doesn't mean I don't check out a guy once in a while. Even though I try to avoid that. (laughs) I want to go to something I'm hoping to ask a lot of my guests, which is what advice would you give to your younger self, knowing what you know right now? I tell myself that, hey, Rima, when you're in 10th grade, that Parnas girl that you see hitting on you, take her to the bathroom. Do you think Parnas is listening right now? Parnas is not listening right now. She's happily straight, which was weird because she was pretty much bisexual in school. And I'm going to avoid asking you what going to the bathroom means because maybe <laughs> maybe there are parents listening. We don't know. Oh. Um, okay. Do you have any other questions for me? Uh, no, I just okay. have games. So we're going to play a few games now just so you get to know us a little bit. Some of these I'm aware of and some of these I'm not, so I'm a little scared. I don't like serious conversations, so let's break it up. I insisted I'm only coming on this if we're playing games. All right, let's play some games. Okay, introducing be in or be them. Okay, so before you introduce the people in this, I want to just preface this by saying I have a theory. When I kind of started realizing how attracted I was to girls, yeah, yeah, this is all made up by her. This is my theory. It's my moniker, actually. So basically, realizing I was attracted to girls, I I very much later in my journey of coming out to myself and others, I realized that there was a differentiation between my attraction and the the clearest definition that I could give it was looking at a girl or a female presenting person. Is it that I want to be in them 
or be them. And therefore, we are going to, I hope that's self-explanatory. So we're going to kind of name some celebrities or icons and and decide if we want to be in them or be them. Yeah, so I'm going to quickly mention some names. They're all popular artists, whether from Bollywood or Hollywood. Are you going to have to answer these as well? Yeah, we're both going to take turns. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the first one. Anushka Sharma. Do I have to be? be you have to pick one. Yeah, if you only had two choices in life, just pick oh, one. Oh, I don't, I don't want to be her. You don't so. want to be her, but you don't want to be in her either. <laughs> it's like, neither. <laughs> Sorry, Jeez. Anushka. I, I hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> Congratulations on your marriage, by the way. Oh, which we were not invited to. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, second one. Deepika. Oh my God, absolutely be in all the way. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but also a little bit what I meant. We're okay. keeping that part. Okay, wait, hold on. Rewind. Anushka Sharma for you. Oh, yeah. Be um, in or be? I would want to be her. And what? And okay. She's okay. a very honest, like her thoughts. And whenever I listen to her interviews, yeah. she's like a no bullshit person. It's oh, it's amazing. I, I like that. I like straight. And she's a good people. actress. Yeah. That's a bonus. Okay. (laughs) And so Deepika, for you? Deepika, definitely be in her. I mean, all the way? (laughs) Um, Okay, next name. Amy Poehler. I want to be her. She is hilarious. She is witty and funny and down to earth and kind of, well, you said no bullshit for Anushka, but I think Amy Poehler is no bullshit. Oh my God. For me, Amy Poehler, I would definitely want to be her. She's like almost, after you introduced me to Parks and Recs, she's become my idol almost. Oh my god, Parks and Rec is only the greatest show on TV. Or Free what? publicity. <laughs> You're welcome, NBC. Okay, next name. Rika. The actress. Everyone. Oh, yeah, let's just clarify that. I just, I have a very strong feeling that I'm sure many share that she, she has queer tendencies so even now even now she lives with her female assistant not to draw conclusions which priya but... definitely thinks uh, there's some uh, okay. guard masala um there. <laughs> there's so much masala behind reka in general it's kind of both like i want to be in reka of the 70s i'm a huge fan of reka and reka's peak films you know um Kina, yeah and not just umrao john she did a lot of lesser popular <laughs> roles i really like her i really like i mean so many so I want to be in Reka of, of yesteryears, and I would love to be Reka now, because I feel like Reka now is very elegant and classy and has aged well, whether by Botox or other other means. But she's aged you well. You Reka. She, <laughs> I love you. She's graceful and elegant and carries herself really well and don't need no man. And I just, I respect her a lot. So I would want to be her. Cool. What about nice. you? Uh, neither. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I wasn't really a fan. Oh, man. Don't want to be her, no. That's really sad. Sorry, Rika. It's only me, then. I mean, you're you're amazing, and you have a great fan base, but no. No, Not for me. Ouch. Okay. Okay, so next one is Priyanka Chopra. I want to say neither, and I'm surprised by my own answer because she's great, and I love that she's breaking into Hollywood, but I don't really want to be her. And just her, I, I'm not like attracted to her. I don't know what it is. Like she's pretty, of course. I'm not denying that, but I don't. I don't want to be in her either. Mm. Like I think she's beautiful and she's great and she's doing big things. I also know that she came from a lot of privilege and she's fought hard to be where she is. But she's also had opportunities that not a lot of others have. And I really wish she would 
bring more South Asian representation to her roles in Hollywood. So I think that that has been lacking. So I wouldn't want to be her. And yeah, just tell she doesn't ba- do it for you. Huh? <laughs> just how bad maybe Baywatch was. I was like, I no longer. She was be great in Baywatch. What do you mean? Oh, sorry. I was looking at The Rock the whole time. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. What about you for Priyanka Chopra? I want Priyanka Chopra to be my best friend. So you don't you don't want her to be in you? <laughs> no, I don't want to be her or in her, but I admire her. Yeah, I, re- I respect her. I, I respect her game. I, I do agree with you. I wish she would bring more of the South Asian, who we really are, our like cultural aspects to her acting or to right. Hollywood, not just the regular perception or stereotypes of us. Yeah, it's, it's like a whitewashing of sorts, you know, if she's named Alex Parrish, like, yeah, I mean, at least what at is, least for Priyanka, right? I, I, I understand for the people who are born and brought up here who are actors, right? I still right? don't understand that. Like, Mindy Kaling, I do not forgive you. I mean, it's great <laughs> that our brown people are making out there like, woohoo, congrats, and I am very proud of you. But at the same time, that's not who we truly are, bro. Like, come on. That's why we're starting this podcast, so we can be who we truly, truly are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Priya's being truly herself. <laughs> okay, so are there any more names? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay. okay, Rachel Maddow. Oh, man, I really want to be her. I want to be her all the time. She's um, sexy. I love her style. She, oh, and she's brilliant. She's so she's witty and funny and smart. If you don't know who Rachel Maddow is or don't watch her on NBC every night at 9 p.m. like I do. I didn't know. <laughs> she is just, I mean, I know she has writers and stuff like that, but she's really witty. She's really spontaneous. She's funny. I've seen her speak before at NYU once and she blows me away. She's very grounded. And also, I love her style. Like, she was very business professional that day at that panel and then was wearing Wait, cool, that cool day, tux. that panel? What, what day? When I saw her at NYU, which I just mentioned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was totally paying yeah. attention. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Except I was eating a little, but... I, yeah, dumplings. Totally a good choice. Um, No, I, I, I like her. I like her style. I like her wit. I like her intelligence. I absolutely 100% want to be her when I grew up. What about you? You're still growing up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not growing up yet. What are you talking about? Dude, what about you? The first time I saw her, damn, that girl has stamina. Oh, and, yeah. And, and Hello, like, election night. <laughs> what projection of her voice and what consistency in her whenever she's reporting. And I love the case making that she does. She's just perfect. At, I, she looks like she loves her job. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's good at it. Oh, she's really good. So respect to that. I would be in her. Moving on. You would be in it. Oh, 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 yeah. Next name? Okay, last one was a surprise. I never told you this one. Okay. <laughs> Oprah. Oprah. I want to be her to a degree. I think, I'm, I think I'm critical of people too much. Sorry. I love Oprah. Fun fact for my listeners. I once strolled into a Starbucks and it was the first time they introduced Oprah chai latte and the, the fact that they call it chai just pisses me off. So... It was like Oprah chai, and I I was laughing at the ridiculousness of the fact that we needed chai and Oprah chai, and I was like, I don't care for Oprah, and I said it offhand and kind of jokingly, and there was this barista who I could have sworn was gay, but had no way to confirm, who gave me the worst stink eye for saying it, and I realized how loud I was. That's what you get for saying that. I know. I, my roommate at the time, she still rips me for that to this day. I love Oprah. I think she represents so much about being a strong black woman who has made it from nothing, who kind of was self-made. And I also really admire Super Soul Sundays, which is something she does now after her talk show ended. She seems very grounded and, and spiritual and very zen in a way that I hope to be at that age. I also think, you know, she has the opportunity to be a strong black voice, and I don't think she uses that very often. So in reference to gun stuff that's happening right now, for example, she's standing up for, for the 
march for all that's happening for for gun safety that these students are doing after florida and you know a lot of people on twitter and stuff like this and i agree with this have been like where was she during black lives matter you know we were in the streets for days and months and years when black men have been shot down for years and she she didn't kind of step up in a way that oprah 2020 um, could could bring and so i think there's things to be learned from her i would definitely love to be parts of her i admire her a lot and i respect her a lot and i i think there's a lot of room to improve just like there are for all of us okay i'm gonna be very honest about oprah okay do uh, you like her chai this is the question you mean uh tea chai <laughs> chai, or tea. chai tea, chai tea yeah. <laughs> okay what is your honest opinion about oprah uh as an immigrant who came here and is not born or brought up here in the culture wait did you not know who oprah was before oh shit okay <laughs> oh Wait, I didn't know this. Oh my god. Okay, so you really didn't know who Oprah was before? Yeah, you. Okay, for all you American-born people, listeners out there, you guys need to know that Oprah is within your limits of the USA. Okay, she is God. She is not within any limits. Go, go to India. Go to Africa. Go to any other. When we're in that part of the world, on that side of the earth, we do not know about all this. Okay, maybe some people who are really into the westernized culture sitting in india or sitting in that area we have our own you know there's a life outside of this yeah and i think also just time has changed right the stuff that reaches now may not have reached before so twitter and shows and facebook and things like that didn't exist when you were there also media is very controlled they will show what they want to show okay oh, true so on on the other side sometimes my parents call me and they're like Trump is ruining America. You all have to run away. And I don't know what's going to happen to you. I'm like, mom, relax. It's not that bad. But that I'm is here. That is also true. Though. I mean, she thinks it's extreme. She okay. thinks I'm going to get shot on the street. Like, I mean, okay. okay. All right. Backtracking. Okay. So you learned about Oprah. Oh, is it so, so sad that you learned about her so late? What is your honest opinion of her now? I like that she gives out money. But not to you, so... Why I mean, she gives it out to at least someone. I mean... She's very philanthropic. I agree. She is such a giving person. I think the, the schools that she's done... But also she has this aura about her, right? When I spirituality, her, dude. It, it is, right? It is. I, I think that's what I connect with her. I like think y'all Free plug for Super Soul Sunday. I highly recommend it to all our listeners. But I absolutely agree with what you're saying in terms of the zen kind of... She's very... Oh, no, so... Be in her, be her. I would like to be her. Would you like to be her child? No. Okay. Um. So that wraps up that question. Are we playing another game now? Yeah. And this time you're going to be mentioning the names. Do you want to introduce the game? Yeah. So we're going to do Date, Marry, Kill. This is a game we play often on our own. So this is exciting. So we, we've classified cis male and cis females, both from Hollywood and Bollywood. So let's start with Three females from Hollywood, Mila Kunis, Sarah Ramirez, or Kate Monig. And if you don't know any of these people as listeners, I'm sorry. Who would you date? Who would you marry? Who would you kill? I like all three of them. Um, <laughs> Kate, I would date because she's such a player in her role in uh, The L Word. Right. And that's the image I have of her. Uh, sexy, hot, but Kate yeah, Kate, I yeah. don't think I can trust that and marry it. <laughs> okay. Marry, I might have to marry Mila. I, I had a feeling about that. That's yeah. one you really like. So I yeah. guess. And since just because just because I don't know Sarah that well, yeah. um, I would kill. Sorry. But oh, no. Mila Kunis is just, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm with you on the date. I would date Kate Monique. I feel like she would be fun to sleep around with and go out with and hang out with. 
I would definitely marry Sarah Ramirez. I think she is so amazing. Not that I've met her in real life, but also as Callie on Grey's Anatomy, amazing bisexual Latina character. I admire her a lot for her advocacy as a bisexual person and just how great of an actress she is. She's also really hot in Madam Secretary now. I would definitely marry her. That would be like a be in or Wait, be are you situation. saying you're going to kill Mila? I think I'm going to have to. I'm sorry. Is this jealousy or something because I'm marrying her? <laughs> You are only attracted to one Hollywood actress, and that name is Mila Kunis, so I have no... I mean, have you seen her? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. All right, you want to ask the next one? Hollywood Mills? Yeah. Okay. Chris Evans. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. Yep. And Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Oh, hello, Chris Pratt. I think I would date... I would date Robert Downey Jr. He, from the little I know about him from Iron Man would be hilarious and fun to hang out with and fun to date. I would marry Chris Pratt, I think, also because he's single now, so hey. <laughs> I think uh, I loved his Andy Andy character on Parks and Rec, but I also loved him in Guardians of the Galaxy, which I recently saw, and man, has he toned up. Not that I'm into that, but yeah, Chris Evans, I don't know. I don't get the hype about him. I don't find him attractive. I'm not, I'm not a fan, so I'm going to have to kill Chris Evans. What about you, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, or Robert Downey Jr.? I love, love, love Robert in um, his... As uh, Iron Man. As, as Iron himself. Man. <laughs> I do have no idea. I don't follow him on Instagram or something, so I have no idea what he does. Or Twitter, because FYI, Rima does not have Twitter. I don't believe in Twitter. I will tweet for you someday. <laughs> okay. So okay. Robert Downey Jr., you would what? I mean, Chris is so sweet. Chris Pratt okay, is so, so t- sweet. Chris Pratt is like, he's like oh, perfect like husband material and stuff, but then... Not to Anna Ferris. he's not... Ooh, shade. Okay. Anyways, so, but no, I feel like he is perfect marriage material, but I still wouldn't want to marry him. I'd date him just okay. because I like Robert so much. Okay. I'll marry Robert, Robert. Yeah, Robert. as Iron Man only. And Chris Evans, don't even make me start. You know how much I dislike that. But, you, but why do you dislike him? Let's tell people. He has the most douchiest role as Captain America. So you hate Captain America. I hate Captain America. And every time these guys (laughs) force me to go for a movie, I swear to God, I come back really annoyed. I'm I'm a little worried that you want to kill slash marry these people as their characters. Would you make Robert Downey Jr. wear his Iron Man suit all day, every day? I know where I'll make him wear it. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) All right. We'll move on to the next one. Let's do Bollywood women. Hey. Okay. Date, marry, kill. Kajol? <laughs> Which I didn't know. Sorry, that I paused. Okay. Date, Mary kill. Kajol, Deepika, or Madhuri? Hard. This is hard. Well, you have to answer first. Wait, I'm I answered the, the last one. No, I'm asking the question. Oh, okay. Mm, okay, I'm gonna date... I mean, are you? <laughs> oh, damn. It's really hard to kill one of these people. I know, right? That's why this um, game is fun. Can we add one more category? Be my mother or be my best friend, Madhuri. <laughs> you want her to be your mother? Slash Can she be my friend? mother? Well, she is older. Okay, me. so that means you would kill her. Okay. So, oh, how rude. I, she's a great dancer. Oh my God, that woman can move. Okay, so date, marry, kill. Um, you would kill the great dancer. Gotcha. Okay, see, Kajal is like dream wifey and girlfriend. She is all, right? Okay. In her movies, character wise. Okay. See, I do follow Indian actors more. But seeing her interviews, she's very catty for me. Why do Hollywood men get their characters judged in terms of fictional characters and Indian women? As I said, like, I don't follow them, so I have okay. no idea okay. about their personality. Fair enough. Okay, so Kajol. Uh, also, and- they're men. Oh, all right. Says the bisexual. 
Um, so Kajol, okay, so Kajol is catty. Kajol meaning, is too much you for me. I don't, I don't think I can, like, I can't marry her. Would you date her? I think I'll kill her. Ouch. All right. Um, next. All right, next. Deepika. Deepika, Deepika, Deepika. Okay, you know what? I'll marry Deepika. Oh, out of force. You're like, fine, I'll marry her. I mean, like, have you seen her? It's She's so hot. She's emotional. I love that about her. She's not scared of being an emotional wreck on TV. And she isn't one of those people who's going to hide it just for media. Or And also at times where she has been put on spot, especially for Padmavat, she kept her exposure together, right? She kept herself calm. And she's also spoken out about mental health and just amazing kind of she's real, a great real life stuff. Like, yeah, You would want her as a partner forever. Madhuri, she's amazing. I just don't know her that much personally. I've heard she's a really sweet person from all my friends that know her, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Madhuri, I would love to date her. Like, hey, Madhuri, let me get to know you. I was looking at you. uh, I was looking for you in the Denver flight. (laughs) Also looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's... You would date Madhuri. Yeah, I would date Madhuri. Okay. Well, I feel like Gajo was my first Bollywood love. I had... A newspaper cutout of her and Ajay Devgan from their wedding on the inside of my closet when I was a kid. Um, oh my God. Heartbroken that she didn't marry Shah Rukh slash Rahul. I, I agree. The real life. It's persona. okay. They had an affair, right? I mean, yeah. That's my theory. Of course. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that because I kind of wish it was true. So, Kajol Deepika Madhuri. I don't know, man. Like, I really want her to be my best friend, too. I don't Ooh. I don't want to date her. Kajol, I would love to have her as a best friend, but I also feel like it would be a very volatile relationship, and she would love me one day and hate me the next day. So maybe I'd kill her. <gasps> well. <laughs> you guys, breaking news. I know. I love Priya it. Priya wants no, to kill No, I, I can't kill Madhuri. That's why. That's the cardinal rule. It was between her and Madhuri. Madhuri, I would date. I agree. I want her kind of as a good influence in my life. She'd be like chill to hang out with and would know a lot of people and get a lot of advice. A lot of, yeah, life advice. She would be like an Oprah of sorts. She would be very giving in terms of here's what life will teach. Very giving. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I would have to marry Deepika forcibly. (laughs) No, I, I, she, yeah, she's beautiful, but she's also so grounded. You'd be lucky if you ever got Deepika as your wife. Well, there's still time. She's mine. There's still time. Remember? Okay. Well, so we both want to marry the same girl. Oh, no. Let's just have a relationship together. Threesome. No, oh. I'm going to have to cut that out. Um, okay. <laughs> Why? I thought we could be any person we, we want are, on this. We are going to be ourselves. Okay. Uh, we no, have one you're more. not cutting that. No. We, okay, fine. So we have one more. Bollywood leading men. Men, 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 men. Okay. Men. I will ask you this. I'm very interested to learn your answer. Shahid Kapoor. Safely Khan. Or Ranveer Singh. Ranveer Singh. It's okay. Deepika mistaked it too. I know. She's like, I wish our initials were the same too. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't have to change that tattoo that I have. Shahid, safe, Ranveer. Who would you date, Mary Kill? Ranveer is so ratchet. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Love the guy. He's so ratchet. Kalbali has become my favorite song right now. He is amazing. I know, right? Who knew Incredible. this little boy? You remember who how just... annoying he was in Band by the Girl? I still liked him. I loved him in that movie. But he was like, <laughs> and she like, says, "Oh, no, do you he... remember how annoying he was? He was like annoying, <laughs> annoying, silly brat." You know, he was just like, "Damn!" But he was a great actor. Like, even he's then. so spoiled. He's so spoiled in real life. In real life. He's really privileged. Apparently, he makes his driver or his uh, handyman or something. He has. He was saying makes him do everything, and he admits that he's spoiled in his interviews. But yeah. Safe is nice. He's very elegant, very classy. He's in a rob, after all. Yeah, blue blood. 
Shahid. Shahid's very classy these days, but he still looks like a little boy. Um, no, not with the beard. The Padmavat beard. He's kept that in real life, yeah. Well, Shad's kind of classy un- until his wife outs his secrets. <laughs> oh, hey. That's what you get for marrying a girl from the real world. Marriage, you guys. That's yeah. how marriage is. Yeah. Okay, so I would right. love to date safe. I don't think I can marry him. Okay. Actually, no. This is very confusing. Because Ranveer, I wouldn't want to marry either. Shad, I wouldn't want to marry either. But let's do process elimination. <laughs> Who would you want to marry? And then we'll go the From all these three, if I had, if to, you had to forcibly. I I'll marry Safe because at least he's a mature, older, elegant kind of guy. Yeah, classy. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Then who would you and date and kill? Then I would date Shahid I've met in real life and he's not that good looking. <laughs> Ouch. I mean Sorry, Shahid. Yeah, Shad was giving me the eye. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Pre-marriage, pre-marriage. Let's uh, just not get him in trouble at home. He's very shy, so kill. So you would kill him, yes. Gotcha. And Ranveer, I would date. It'll be a fun night. We might have some crazy time. <laughs> I would definitely date Saif. I think he and I would have a lot of intellectual conversations, or at least I hope so. Oh yeah, you two would be great. But he's a little question mark homophobic because I, I remember that on oh Coffee God, with Karan, he was kind of like... When you kiss a guy, aren't you gay? And it's like, no, you could just kiss a guy. Yeah, that shocked me. Yeah, that surprised me too. I I would date him. I think we would have a lot in common, but I, I wouldn't want to marry him. You guys can talk about wine on your date. That's what Karina oh did. Oh my God. Oh my God. That would be such a turn on. Okay. <laughs> I do not know In an intellectual way, not a physical way. I would, it would turn on my senses. Like I would be very in tune with that conversation. I would be so into it. Uh-huh. Okay, so I would definitely kill Shahid. I have no attraction to him. Wait, are you saying you're going to marry Ranveer? Okay, let me get there. I would kill Shahid because I'm not attracted to him, nor do I like his real-life personality in the limited, limited amounts that I've seen it or heard about it. I would marry Ranveer, and the reason, I think, is I admire him so much as an actor. I haven't heard so many of his interviews as you have, so the swelledness is, is not something I know firsthand. But I would say that his devotion to Deepika that I have seen in, in, in stuff with her and in general has been the thing of like legends. I don't know. I think she upgraded. I think she upgraded from Runbeer to Runbeer. Thanks. It's a Cancerian thing. <laughs> Is it? Mm-hmm. I'm not into horoscopes, so I don't know this stuff. I love Runbeer. I think he I think he would be so loyal and giving and would spoil the shit out of me if I wasn't that kind of girl and attracted to men at all. But... Yeah, his love and loyalty and devotion and hilariousness, a.k.a. AIB Roast, would be hilarious. Oh, he's made of steel. I love it. I love it. I would definitely marry him. It would be an amazingly fun time at all times. All right. As we wrap up here, we have a few questions that we want to talk about. But before we go there, I had wanted to do this. If you could give yourself a porn star name, what would it be? Porn star name. Can I say one for you? Okay, fine. Oh, it's supposed to be our for ourselves? Yeah. But it's okay. I, I, I don't porn mind. Porn star name for me. I mean, having your partner give you a porn star name, that's just the dream. I don't think it would be very good. I'm like, not. <laughs> you can't mention it. This is a family podcast. No, no, no. I think it would be something like Jazzy Sunflower or something. <laughs> something really lame. You're lame. Okay. I, I think I should be called Flamingo Jugs. What? This is a family show. Okay, but I didn't say anything censored. I My phone actually calls me Flamingo, and Jugs is just a new addition to that. Everyone knows what Jugs means, so this is a family show. No, oh, Jugs, what? like Jugs, you know, like filling the water. Oh, yeah, maybe sure, sure, Jugs. Uh-huh. 
Oh, oh, I, what is a flamingo? Why does it? Why does your phone call you a flamingo? I don't get it. I love flamingos. They're so pink and they're so rude in real life, just like me. But they're just so pretty. Like they're good to admire from far. Then water all the time. They're so tall and slender. Have you ever seen one in real life? No. Shut yeah, up. That's great. Okay. Or I want to be called Smack Me Silly. I have no comment. Cause you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's yours? What's yours? What's my? I have to name myself. Yeah. I'm like a nerdy bookish person. What, is, what would I? It would have to be something stormy. I know you won't get this reference, but it would be. The porn star that Trump allegedly slept with was named Stormy Daniels. I would have to do that. Well, as, you'll a thro- be Stormy as, a thro- as a shout out to Trump, Trumpism, I would have to be Stormy something. Help me out here. Stormy what? Well, if you were Stormy, I would not do you. Okay, so we're going to scrap that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the second part of that would be. It would have to be something Stormy. Something with a butt. I don't know why you named your child that. One of the genders. <laughs> yeah. Right? She, yeah. She something it. storm, something, yeah. She said stormy with an I. Oh, I would God. be stormy with a Y, the cooler kind. Okay. <laughs> so she's actively avoiding that question. <laughs> well, okay, bringing it as a whole, right? Besides the fun and the games that we did throughout the night today, let's bring it back to the podcast. Okay. What has been your proudest moment as a bisexual cisgender woman? That is South Asian. Like, what has been a moment where you would look back and be like, damn, I was proud of who I am? Here we go. We open another can of worms. It's fine. My proudest moment as a bisexual woman has been when my community accepted the fact that I am bisexual and accepted you in the community. Can you also just clarify what community is? By community, I mean my religious community. Okay. I'm a smiley Muslim. That's under the sect of Shia. And we're a very small community, but... but very liberal. Very liberal, very united. We're a civil society. And it's always meant a lot. I think it's almost been as much as, oh, I wish my family would accept me. Well, my thing is, I wish my religion would accept me. That's yeah. like top priority. So I'm very, very, very surprised that I've made a place there and you've been accepted there too. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important for you to do this podcast, you know, bringing me back to your community matters. I put myself in a box around my community and I feel I should do good every single day, do something different, do different projects for the betterment of my community. You don't take those boundaries. Your community is the whole world. You are willing to do the good, the betterment of a larger society. And that's what I admire about you. Like, it's truly inspirational. Well, thank you. We've come full circle because you started this podcast praising me and it made me uncomfortable and I am back in that place. So for all the listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed our little chat. Coming episodes are going to be much more focused. Yeah. It's been interesting to interview people. I'm, I'm a journalist and a writer. So I think interviewing people has been kind of a craft that I hope to hone in. And it may not resonate with everybody. Uh, Everyone's journey is different. So I've tried to kind of incorporate how their journey might translate into others. And I also give them an opportunity to talk about their art or their activism. Just so you get to know people. You know, we're South Asian, we're queer, and we're here. That's just how it is. And I'm so happy that you started off with me in this podcast. It was really nice having me on this podcast. You're welcome for having you on this podcast. Okay, so thank you, Rima, for, for joining us on Queering Daisy and for being... South Asian and queer in here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Daisy. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone every Wednesday. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or know someone who should be featured on Querying Daisy, please drop us an email. Thanks again for listening. 